and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today, and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. We're going to continue with our series on Who Am I? Look at your neighbor and ask them, Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? That's a great question to ask because what we want to talk about this morning is, is not necessarily um, who, what do you do? Are you a teacher? Are you a retired person? Are you a chef? I want to talk to you this morning about who are you in Christ? What your outlook should be in terms of what Christ expects you to have in, in terms of that viewpoint. We're going to continue again. And how many of were here last week? Heard part one? Raise your hand if you were here. There was a few of you here. And uh, this morning, I want to talk to you about Moses and a few things that he saw. Maybe even David ventured a, a little uh, a story about David as well. But Philippians 4.13 tells us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Amen. That's who you are right there. That's who you are as believers. Everybody say that again with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray this morning. Father God, we love you and, and I thank you for your precious word. Your word, when it goes out, it never comes back void. Lord, it's powerful. Lord, it, it leads us and gives us life. It gives us wisdom. It lifts us up, encourages us. It gives us a plan and a purpose for our life. And so much more, Lord. And Father, this morning I pray that we would open our hearts to receive your word. And as we do that, Lord, let words of life come into our spirit. That we would be transformed forever. And we pray that this morning in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. It was while he was out with the sheep one day that things changed for Moses. He's grazing the sheep. He's out there taking care of his, his flock. And he sees this bush that's on fire. But the crazy thing is that bush isn't burning up. It's just, it's on fire. But it's not being consumed. And, and he's worried about that and he walks up to it. And all of a sudden, Moses goes to take a closer look. And God gets his attention. How many know that sometimes we need signs from God to get our attention? Sometimes we need a sign for God to say, hey, slow down, I, come over here. Because you're walking that way and he wants you to come this way. And so he's getting Moses' attention. And God calls to him and says, Moses, Moses. And what does Moses say? Here I am, Lord. Here I am. And the Lord begins to tell him, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of your forefathers. And I know what's been going on. I know that pain that you're going through, that heartache that you're going through, the struggle that you're facing right now, the physical pain you have right now, the emotional pain that you're dealing with right now. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? God is speaking to you this morning through this message. And he said, to Moses, I know about the suffering, the slavery, the beatings, and the injustice. Wow, it almost sounds like 2016. And more than that, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to take all of you and bring you out of Egypt to a place that's flowing with milk and honey. Wow, that must have sounded great to Moses. He's like, 
Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm there with you. Let's go. Let's go right now. I'm sure that's what he's thinking at that moment. Sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. If the Lord were come to you today and tell you, I see the struggle that you're going through. I know the pain that you're going through. Come with me. You're, you're, I guarantee you're going to follow him. You're going to want to walk with him. Amen? Amen? But then, this is what God said. After he continues to say, I'm going to put a stop to it. I'm going to end it. I'm going to save your people, Moses. And then God said to Moses, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh to take care of this, okay? And that's when Moses had a uh-oh moment. He's going like, what? Me? Little old me? I'm just a shepherd man. That's what he was at that moment. He, he wasn't... See, he had a hard time fitting in as a Hebrew. He had killed a Hebrew, right? Remember the story? He killed a Hebrew, buried him in the sand in the desert, the Bible says. And then once that was discovered, he, he, he moved out. And then uh, he moved with the Midianites, this, the people of his wife's family. They were Midianites. Yet he couldn't fit in there because he was Egyptian, yet he was Hebrew, yet he was living with the Midianites. He didn't fit in anywhere. Anybody ever been there? You don't fit in? You have a struggle, people looking at you and going, yeah, I don't know why this person's here. You don't fit in here. That's all of us. We've all faced struggles like that. Moses was no different. We tend to blow him up and think, well, great, mighty Moses, a great man of faith. Yes, he was, but he had to endure. In fact, the words of Moses were, Lord, why are you sending me? I'm a man of slow speech. It didn't mean he spoke slowly like this. What most Bible theologians believe is that he was a stutterer, that he had a speech impediment. And, and Moses is saying, you're going to use me? You're going to send me to Pharaoh? Me? I, I stutter. I can't even speak. And, and that's when Moses did not understand what we talked about last week, that God takes ordinary people and does extraordinary things through ordinary people, and God gets the glory. Amen? Amen. God gets the glory through ordinary people. You see, he could have picked the most eloquent speaker in that land. He could have picked the most... Um, powerful warrior of that time to go and speak to Pharaoh, but he didn't. He spoke to a, a shepherd man and said, I want you with your stuttering to go lead my people out. And, and you and I would look at that and go, oh, that's not going to work, Lord. That's not going to work. But you see, God gets the glory in every one of those situations. Amen? Amen. Who am I is the big question. That was what Moses was asking who am I that you should ask me, Lord? And Moses had reason to ask. Again, he was a refugee. He killed a man, raised, a, raised an Egyptian, yet he was of Hebrew blood, lineage. And, and here he killed a, 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 a man, buried him in the sand, an Egyptian, takes off, escapes, goes and begins to live in the land of Midian, and yet he's not comfortable in any, any of these places, and the Lord decides to use him. When you get to that point in your life, where you don't think that the Lord can use you, that, my friend, this morning, is, is not allowing the grace of God to work in your life. Amen? God knows what he's doing. It's us sometimes that get it twisted around. We don't know what we're doing at times. We have to remain steadfast and believe that God can use us. Amen? Amen. 
Have you ever asked that question, who am I? Have you ever asked that, like I have at times? Who am I, Lord? Why, why do you want me to speak into the lives of people here? Who am I? And, and have you ever felt called to do something big for God? Have you ever felt called to do something that is outside of your abilities? Every one of us have, have felt that at, at different times. Whether it's, it may not be in church, it may be at work, it may be work-related. You may be called upon to do something that you think is outside of your physical abilities. I just want to remind you this morning that through Christ, you and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? All of us. Amen. Who am I? Again, look at your neighbor and ask him, Who am I? Who am I? Now, did you notice, if you read that passage, and I'm not going to take the time to read that passage in, in Exodus, but did you notice that God didn't answer him? When Moses said, Who am I, Lord? God, God didn't say or answer him. You know what he told him? He said, You tell Pharaoh that the God of Abraham and Isaac sent you that I am with you God is with you so whatever it is that struggle that you may be facing this morning whatever challenges that you have faced and you don't feel adequate in your own strength to be able to to meet a need or to speak into someone's life remember this the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob walks with you amen, amen. he walks with you he walks before you what a, what a saving thought for me. What a stress reliever that is, that I do not have to get anxious, worry, stress about, about any of that. I cast all that upon the Lord and say, Lord, you got this, and I got this because you got this. Amen? Wow. Here's my challenge to you this week. What if every time you tried to step out in faith, and then you asked yourself, who am I? Who am I? Or maybe what makes me think I'm up to this challenge? Or what makes you think that you can actually do something that's outside of your physical, maybe even mental capacity? Amen? What if you didn't, or what if every time a, a question came up like that, you didn't have an answer that you normally would say like, well, Lord, uh, I, I didn't get a degree in, in business, so I, you know, I'm, I don't have no good business sense. Or, or Lord, uh, I'm not a good speaker. You know, I, I don't know that much about the Bible, Lord. Uh, Lord, I stutter. Hey, Moses was a stutterer. But what if you said, instead of all those excuses next time, what if you said something like this? Okay, God is with me. God walks with me. God walks before me. What if you said that? Wouldn't that change? Wouldn't that change some dynamics in your life? Wouldn't that change possibilities in your life? Wow, we, how powerful, how we would walk in the will of God if we would only learn that principle Amen. of walking in the confidence and knowledge that God walks with us, God walks before us. Amen? Amen. In your outline this morning, and everybody have an outline? Yeah. Raise your hand if you don't. You'll get one this morning. But... Point number one says this, God exists. Now that's very uh, uh, obvious, simple declaration for all of us as believers. Psalms 19 and verse 1 declares this, The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the works of His hands. I absolutely love, love, love when I go to a place like Tahoe, or when I go to Monterey, or the ocean, and uh, Yosemite, 
uh, places like that where I can just see God's handiwork. How many are like me that just love to see God's creation like that? I love it. I could just get lost and just relax, chill, just, just enjoy that moment. I don't have to have anybody around me. I can absolutely enjoy those moments. And that's God's handiwork created for you and I to enjoy. Did you know that? He put that there for you to enjoy. Tonight, when you look up at that moon, when you look up at those stars, remember, God put those there for your enjoyment. Amen? So, so first of all, we need to recognize that God exists. Obviously, that's not a problem for, for you and I here today, or at least it shouldn't be. God is there. This is obvious, but I'm here to tell you this morning that a lot of us in, in, in our church age today don't behave like God exists. And let me tell you what I mean by that. A lot of times people live their life as if it were not true that God exists. As if it were a truth, but it doesn't make any difference in their life. Here's an analogy I want to give to you. Suppose the President of the United States, and I'm not here to talk about politics or any of that, but suppose the President of the United States invited you to be a guest at the White House, and you come to the White House, and, and, of course, we believe in the president. You know, we, we acknowledge that he exists, right? Amen? He does exist. But you walk into the White House, and, um, and you see the president sitting there in the green room, and you walk in, and, but you just ignore him, and you walk past him. But you're there, and, but you believe he exists, but you don't acknowledge him. You don't look at him. You don't go up and shake his hand. And when somebody comes up to you and says, well... Uh, Aren't you going to acknowledge uh, the president? And you just say, well, I, I know he exists. I know he's there. I know he's there. But you, you don't take the time to acknowledge him. That's much like the church in our day and age today. They know God exists, but they don't take the time to acknowledge him in their lives. Amen. Amen? We need to understand that God does exist. And we need to acknowledge that fact, not just live our lives as if, oh, yeah, he's there. And it makes no impact in my life. My lifestyle, the things I do in my life are not impacted by his existence. God forbid that we get to that point. God forbid we're living on dangerous, dangerous territory if that's us today. Amen. We need to be acknowledging his existence and that he wants transformation in our life. Amen. Practically speaking, we can act and believe that he exists, but, but if we ignore him, what is that really showing about our beliefs? What is that really showing? What did I say last week? If, if there was a jury out, could they convict you and find enough evidence against you to, to prove that you're a believer? Ooh. Ooh. Think about that one for a second. If there was a jury out there, could they convict you and find enough evidence to convict you as a believer in Christ? Amen? That's what I'm talking about. God does exist, but unfortunately, the vast majority of people in our church age treat God exactly like that. Yeah, he exists, but he's, he's over there somewhere. I, I know he exists, but he has no impact in my life. He makes no difference in my life. Here's, here's what I want to challenge you with again. Put yourself, fast forward, to the point when you're going to be standing in front of the Lord. How many know that the Lord says that all of us will face Him 
All of us will face him, and we will be asked about what we did in our life, about every idle, idle word that comes out of our mouth, not only our actions. And we will face the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God will say to millions of people, Now it is my understanding that you often said during your life that you believed in me. You affirmed my existence. Is that right? And then you're going to say yes. And is it not true that in your life, the more honor and importance and virtue and power and beauty a person had, the more regard he or she was paid and the more respect he or she was shown and the more admiration he or she received? And you're going to say, or he's going to say, is that not the case? And you're going to say, yes. Then why is it, the Lord is going to say, that I had such an insignificant place in your life? Oh, God forbid that would happen to us. Amen. How many of us want to hear words like this? Well done. Good job, my faithful servant. Amen. Uh, we want to hear words like that, but we don't want to hear questioning like this, what I just quoted to you. Unfortunately, our church age lives our life as if God really didn't exist, that he's not there. If that's the case, you're wasting your time here. You're wasting your time here. But I know that's not the case. God brought you here today. God's Holy Spirit brought you here today to hear this message today that God is real and he wants to make an impact in your life yeah. and in the lives of your family members. Amen? Don't allow God to, to ask of you, why did you treat me as though I didn't exist? Amen? Amen? Again, God does exist. And, and that's going to make it so easy for the Lord to condemn many at that judgment day. It's going to make it so easy. We will be without excuse if we live a life without actions on our end, without, without follow-through on our end. Amen? Sometimes in our pride, we actually think God is going to have trouble finding enough evidence to sentence people to hell. That won't be the case. Sometimes we think, well, people are good. But you know what? The older we get, the longer we live on this earth, we realize that this world is a dangerous place. It's a sinful world. It's a sinful place. And, and if you don't believe me, just have a conversation with our investigator right here on second row. He can, I'm sure, share some Amazing stories about life, right, my brother? And uh, here's the thing. We need to know that God exists and that our personal life reflects that. Amen? Amen. Amen. He exists. And God wants you to be impacted just by that statement, that he exists. He exists to make a difference in your life. And when you begin to have a difference made in your life, it impacts those around you, and it impacts those around them, and so forth. And it's amazing what God begins to do. So, so here we're talking about who am I? We need to recognize God exists, and God exists through me unto others. Amen? Point number two, and I'm thankful for this one. God does not change. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6 says this, For I, the Lord, do not change. I, the Lord, do not change. Aren't you thankful for that? Because every one of us, every one of us, our opinions change. Um, I don't care how staunch you are on subjects. Sometimes the older you get, you reflect and you say, well, yeah, maybe when I was 20 years old, that opinion I had of this particular subject, well, now it's changed a little bit. 
Anybody hear what I'm talking about? Your, your opinions have changed on, on subjects. And God is not that way. God declares his word, and it's, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ gave us that promise in the book of Hebrews. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, in the book of James, it says this, with him, there is no variation or shadow due to change. He does not change. And for that reason alone, we can confide in the word of God. We can confide in his word. It does not change. What he said yesterday means the same thing today. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord. People see change their mind because of unforeseen circumstances or maybe a weak backbone or whatever excuse they may throw out there. But God foresees all circumstances. He, see every, he sees everything that you're going through at the moment. He sees everything that you're going to go through tomorrow. There's nothing that takes him by surprise. It may take you and I by surprise, but nothing has ever taken God by surprise, and nothing ever will. Aren't you thankful for that? God does not change. We can trust in that. We can trust in that today. And then point number three, God is an inexhaustible source of energy. Amen. Isaiah 40 and 28 says this, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting Lord. The creator of the whole earth. He never grows faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He never grows faint or weary. Boy, were we weary and almost fainting last night. <laughs> After all that walking in San Francisco, we got there at 10 o'clock, and we didn't leave till 6.30, something like that, 6 o'clock. We were walking and then standing for three hours to watch the air show. That's really what killed me. And I'm here with a bad hip. Just uh, it's, it's really been bothering me. Keep praying for me on that. But I was looking for energy. I'm looking at Anna towards the end, and you ready to go? I'm ready to go. And and uh, how many have been there where your energy just peaks out at some point, right? No matter how much caffeine you take, no matter how many of those five-hour shots, hopefully you're not doing those. Um, they're bad for your body. But, you know, it doesn't matter how many of those you take. Sometimes you don't have enough energy and you just need your rest. That's the Lord just reminding you, take care of yourself. Amen? But God is an inexhaustible source of energy. He is your strength today. He is the one that can provide and lift you up, not only encourage you, but be your strength today, tomorrow, for whatever it is that you're facing. God is an inexhaustible source of energy. I'm, I'm so thankful that God is the God of energy. God is my strength. Not only that, but he's the creator of everything, of all energy, all motion, combustion, combustion fusion, fission, originate in him he doesn't have to be recharged he doesn't have to be plugged into something he doesn't need to any of that like you and i do you and i need to get away to tahoe every now and then you and i need to take a break a mental uh, health day from work every now and then right that's what we used to call, or call them at work it's calling calling in sick right but we call them mental health days everybody needs one of those every now and then right God doesn't need that. He is your strength today. Amen. He is your strength. Amen. He is your source of energy. Not only is he, is he your energy, he never needs a backup system. He's never going to lose his information, his data. He doesn't need a backup server to protect everything on there. 
like we do. If he ever shut down, there would be absolutely nothing. Nothing would exist if he ever shut down. But I'm thankful he doesn't do that. Amen. Book of Acts in verse, or chapter 17 and verse 28 says this, In him we live and move and have our being. In him we move, we live and move and have our being. Amen. He cannot faint or grow weary. He is the un, unending river of life and the source of our strength. Every morning, 24-7, 365. Amen. And will be for all eternity, every single day. He is my strength. Say that with me. He is my strength. Amen. Amen. And point number four, the last point on your outline. We must conform to God, not he to us. Can I get an amen? amen. Romans 12 and verse 2 says the following. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everybody say renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind. So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We must be renewed in our mind so that we can be conformed to his will, not conformed to the ways of this world. Because how many know the ways of this world and the ways of God are diametrically opposed? They are completely different value systems. And until you understand that, you are not going to be living in the, in the perfect will of God. Amen? Amen? We must conform to God, not he to us. Children should learn manners from their parents, not from other children. Can I get an amen? Wow. Amen? Players, anybody ever coach a team here today? Raise your hand if you've ever coached a team, whether it's sports or at, at work, you coach a team. You learn from your coach. You don't learn from the other players. Other players bring bad habits. Coaches instill good habits. Amen? Soldiers should learn their strategy from the general and not from other soldiers. You learn it from the general. Amen? That is the, that is the plan of creation, that we should conform to the will of God and not to the will of this world. That is what we need to do. So who am I? I need to be conforming to the will of God. But how few of us do that in this day and age? How few of us conform to the will of God? There's so many struggles we, we go through needlessly, needlessly, because we're not conforming to the will of God. We choose to do it our way. And when we do it our way, we struggle and face challenges and face predicaments in our life that God never intended for us. Now, he's not going to desert you. He's not going to say, forget it, you're hopeless. No, he's going to continue to walk with you. He's going to continue to, to be your strength. But deep down, he's saying, I had such a better plan for you. I had such a, a much better plan for your life. Amen. Help us, Lord, to be conformed to your will, to your word. Amen. If God is simply who he is and not who we make him out to be, then it is we who must conform to God and not him to us. Amen? We must continue to conform to God every day. And let me tell you, it's not something that happens in one day or one week. It's a continual process of conforming to the will of God. Because there will be, Anna said, a, said something this morning about 
Lord, you know, if I, if I said something in, in, in an anger because I was tired, and for many of us, we can do that. It's very simple to do that. At times when we're tired, we can vent, we can lash out, we can say things we regret, and every, every wife in here said to their husband, Amen. Right? Just poking at you gentlemen there. But it works both ways, unfortunately. See, here's the thing. The Lord wants us to conform to his will. He wants us to realize um, and step back and say, Lord, help me to do this in your strength with your, with your help. Amen? See, the Lord wants to, us to become, or he wants, he wants us to look at God as our all in all. He wants you to look at God as the supplier of everything. What are you struggling with today? What are you facing today that you've decided to take on by yourself and you're enduring this stress, this pain at times and you can't seemingly do it on your own and you keep fighting that same battle and you keep hitting your head against the same wall because you're doing it on your own strength. You're continuing to hit your head and going, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this. Well, you're right. You can't do this. The Lord's got to help you walk through that process. Amen? The Lord wants to teach you and say, trust in me. Give me everything. Not, not 75%, not 90%, but give me all of your heart. Give me all of your spirit, and I can work through your life. Amen? I, I want to challenge you again this morning. I put some scriptures on the backside of your outline. If you're not sure who you really are this morning... I want to read these just real quick. I'm not going to take the time to read the, uh, the scripture um, ver- the, where it's found. I just want to read these real quickly to you as I close this morning. But this is directed at each of us here today. First one says, I am complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. I am alive with Christ. I am free from the law of sin and death. I am born of God and the evil one who does not touch me. I am holy and without blame before him in love. I have the mind of Christ. I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. I have the creator one or the greater one living in me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I have received the gift of righteousness and reign as a king in life by Jesus Christ. I have received the power of the Holy Spirit to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, to cast out demons, to speak with new tongues. I have power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm me. I have put off the old man and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him who created me. I have given, and it is given to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, men give into my bosom." Those are all promises of God for each of you here today. You know, when we used to, I used to teach this foundations class, and it's about principles, foundation of your Christian faith. At the very end of it, we, we no longer have this in our home, but we used to have this. It was a, really a poster, it was, but it was a piece of art, and we had it on our wall, and it had all these scriptures on there. Who remembers reading that? Raise your hand if you remember. Remember that? And we would go to it when we were all done, and I would remind everybody, and it would say scriptures like this, um, and you would, we would read it together, declaring who we were in Christ. Declaring. Did you know that, did you even realize some of these scriptures are there? Do you, do you know that? Do you take these promises into your life, into your daily account every day? 
God wants you to walk in the knowledge and confidence of, of who you are in Him. And until you begin to put these things together, you're going to fight the same battles, you're going to fight the same issues, and you're going to get the same results. We need to begin to learn to recognize, number one, that God exists for, for you and I. God does not change. God is our source of energy. And that we must seek to conform to God, not Him to us. Amen. And when we learn those things, you're going to begin to see amazing changes in your life. Amazing transformation. Amen.